I'm DJ Semtex, and right now I'm with one of the sickest, greatest producers in the game right now. We're in the heart of London, we're right in the city, and today, you know, we, we, we're going to talk about music, we're going to talk about some of the great projects that he's been involved with, and we're going to talk about how he got into the game, how he started, all of that. My man, Pierre Bourne, what's going on, man? What's going on, bro? Thanks for having me. Yo, it's great to finally connect with you. Like, I've, I've been blazing your music... Um, for years now um thank you for making me look good in the club <laughs> on stage and festivals it's like <laughs> <laughs> i've never gotten a thank you for that so i appreciate hey, that that's it's crazy true. it's true though it's you know as djs we, Man, we shout just... out to the djs bro for real I, I haven't really got to thank the djs but i know y'all be playing the fuck out the music because how else would people know yeah you know? it's 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 very you know, as DJs, we we just press play. We play music. Obviously, mm -hmm. we select mix and all of that. But yeah. you know, we 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 wouldn't exist without great music. So, yeah. and you you you've been making bangers, man. Like Thank bangers you. that just, you know, um, <laughs> I was at Leeds Festival recently, and I played Bad Boy. You know, the Juice World joint, yeah. Playboy Carti, bro, immense. Immense. The joint that I was playing before, it doesn't. It doesn't even matter what it was. As soon as I press play, the right hand turntable wow. on your side, immense. Man, that's crazy. Recipes juice, man. Definitely, definitely. And I, I, I just want to know, like, for yourself, how did you, how did you start making beats? Where did it start for you? Um. I yeah you uh I definitely get asked this question a lot, so I'm trying to make sure I answer it the right way like I was before but um when I was a child um I had the rhyme book and stuff the notepad and pencil pen and I took that everywhere I went at first and then I needed beats to kind of like rap on myself so because I wanted it to sound original I didn't want to continue like back in the day everyone had like mixtapes and they would rap on other instrumentals and stuff so I kind of took that route at first but then I didn't know how to like engineer then because I was still a, a child. So um, I was like, the only way it would sound like decent or where you can like hide the fact that I can't mix is if it's a whole nother beat instead of what someone already heard on the radio because they'll compare it like, oh, this isn't the quality is not like the one on the radio. So um, I used to get asked a lot at first, like when I would play my music, like in high school, like, is it mix and master? And I never knew what that was but um yeah when i was definitely a child i was started trying to make beats and stuff but at first it was for myself and then i tried to sell it a little bit i made a couple bucks i was like yeah maybe one day this will be cool but i wasn't really tripping on it like it being a dream of mine to be like like a top producer like selling like crazy yeah i never thought it would be that <laughs> i mean i mean that's a lot of pressure man to be in high school and people i mean already you're getting the speculation yo is this mix of mastered it's like you know what what in terms of the, the the rapping side of things and and writing and stuff like that who who was inspiring you around this time like to get a picture of like what it was like when you was coming through wow um i mean the most the most inspiring at that time was probably 50 cent Z's from um, Southside, Jamaica, Queens, and my grandmother and, like, my family, they're from there, too. So, like, seeing, like, his effect out there and then to the world, it's like, 
wow. And then Nicki Minaj, when she blew up, she's from Queens too. It's like, wow. Like, you hear all these stories like about Run DMC, Russell Simmons, Salt and Pepper, like all these acts back in the day from Queens. And it's like, hmm. Like even FUBU is from Queens. Like it started in Queens. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of history from Queens. So growing up is like, I felt like I had my chest poked out. I felt like I was going to be somebody. I just didn't know what it would be. Right. But I definitely had like the mentality like, yeah, I'm going to be somebody one day on TV or stage with this mic. So we did it and then we're doing <laughs> it. So yeah. When, cool. when, when you say 50 Cent, was that was that the mixtape 50 Cent or was it Get Rich or Die Trying? Was, Man, was it was moment? all of that stuff because like my uncle... He put me on to all that music. I was just like a sponge around him. And he was like in high school around that time. So like he put me on to like Dipset and G-Unit. But the fact that they were from like the neighborhood, it was mm -hmm. just like, like it's possible. Like it, no one could tell me like, oh, you can't do this. Because I'm literally watching this man make movies, vitamin water, now power and mm -hmm. the Canaan. And then they're shooting it. They're shooting some of the Canaan stuff in my neighborhood. Really? Yeah. Wow. They just kind of like repainted the like the courts and stuff to make it look kind of like old school. But right. yeah, bro, it's it's still inspiring. It used right. to be inspiring back in the day, but now mm. it's like still inspiring because 50 Cent's still doing more and more business ventures and the success still continues. So I'm definitely inspired to not necessarily copy him, but. You know, it's cool to see someone still succeed in different routes, not just music. So, what do you think of the Canaan series? Um, I haven't really been able to get into it all the way. Um, one of my artists, uh, Shark, he plays it all the time when we're at the house. Right. So I catch it when I'm when he's at the house. Um, but I've seen a lot of advertisement. Yeah. Like when I was in Paris in July, I saw this big billboard for it. So mm. I was just like. Yeah, this is gonna be a big, big show. I, yeah. So yeah, I heard it's going crazy though. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously not from Queens or New York, but for me, the way that they've used the music in that is crazy. Word. I think that I think the actors are dope, but Joey Badass as well he's killed it. Like yeah. he's he's a star, bro. Yeah. yeah, dope, dope, dope rapper, but and and he was dope in Mr. Robot and everything else. But in this. Like he yeah, I hit him I hit him up about this one. I was like, man, y'all shooting it in my neighborhood. That's crazy. Like, just keep going, like, for real. Cause he's a good actor too. Like he can rap, but it's a yeah. great actor. Yeah. Like uh, like a really good actor. Like that's why I told him, like, just keep doing what you're doing. I ain't got nothing else to tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you, you, all right, so you're making beats, like mm -hmm. What what was that first beat that you made sound like? How did you put it together? Ooh. What equipment was you using? The first beat probably sounded really bad. I'm not going to lie. Because, like, I had put it on my iPod, and I would take it to school and play it for my friends or people in my class. And, like, they'll put the headphone in and be like, what the hell? What is this? I'm like, damn, is that bad? Because like, I'm thinking, like, before they play it, I'm like, Okay, okay, you ready? You ready? And they played it like, yo, what the fuck is that? So them being that honest, I just went home the next day or after that, 
uh, after school that day and just try to like fix whatever they told me was wrong with it. And then there was a couple other producers, upperclassmen that kind of like told me like, oh, you're doing this. That's why it sounds like this. I just didn't know how to keep everything like on beat. It was just like, it would sound like the beat was a freestyle. So like if someone played it off an of NPC, I guess that's how it sounded at first. Like I had to really be on beat if I wanted the clap to be with the sample. Right. I just didn't understand how to really just put everything together yet. Mm. But um, yeah, my friends being honest with me for sure. I'm glad they didn't lie and was like, yeah, this is hard because I probably would not be here. Who who was inspiring you in terms of production? Um. See, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I was familiar with producers and stuff back in the day, but like, I like Jay Dilla a lot. Like, I really love Jay Dilla's beats and his music. Um, and of course, everyone's gonna assume I'm gonna say Kanye and like Pharrell. My mom used to always just say like, "You're like for like." She would just say stuff like, "You're like Pharrell. You 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 should you should pay attention to him." And I would just be like. Like, whatever, like, <laughs> like, I hear you, but, you know, when your mom tells you, mm. it's like, you're not trying to hear none of that, even if she, mm. she's telling you something good. And she was. Because, like, I love to wear Bape, and I'm making my own clothing line, Sauce Boy. So it's like, it's, yeah, definitely inspired by him after I paid attention. But my mom was, yeah, she was right when I was a kid. Because when I was, like, trying to play the piano and just make beats in the house and then record, she was just like, you need to pay attention to Pharrell. And I was just like, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, nothing. No tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. But I I get you know with Dilla, you know even even just talking about it now, there's there's this similarities in the sense that you both do things that are off the wall. Mm -hmm. You both do things that that bang, and you both um, treat bass differently because yeah. it's some produce. It's just ABC shit. It's just yep. like you know you can predict what's gonna happen and mm -hmm. where the drop's gonna come in and everything else, but. I think I think with Dilla it was very special, very ahead of the curve, very it was it was it was pure yes. um and innovative, you know. And it um, still can't be duplicated. His is just out of here, like the sampling, like all that stuff. Like I used to do that stuff at first. That was like my first set of beats was like samples, loops, chopping up stuff. Like with the drum machine, just trying to like, like, just really go in. But now it's hard to get the samples cleared, so it's like that kind of ruins the fun. So I don't really chop up samples. If anything, I just chop up myself. Right. So like a couple beats I've placed, like no one knows, or well, I don't know if they know, but if they do, 
if they do if they don't they know now because i have like my vocoder or like my voice like chopped up in a couple of songs like the yeserski song that's like me singing in the background um the i think long ride on young nudie's project slime air it's me in the background like the vocoder i like doing stuff like that if they don't mind but i don't be trying to like overpower the song it's just mm. to be like an effect or an instrument right so so when when you know you've done a series of projects before you you, you got the big breakthrough what was, what was it like coming through that patiently waiting moment like what was what was your inspiration to keep going because there's some people who come through you know they don't make it they either um, give up too soon or you know they just they, they're not able to carry on i would say um well, my faith in God and my family, those two really helped me out tremendously. Like, yeah. And even when I wasn't around my family, I just, you know, I pray a lot. So that kind of just keep me balanced, man. I don't know about everybody else, but me, I got to pray. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what really got me through. It was rough. It was. I knew it was gonna be hard, though. I mean, I watched a lot of documentaries. I seen some people's stuff. Their stories are even way worse than mine. So, you know, anytime it would get rough, you know, I probably would be down for a second. But I always gotta remember it could be worse. It's somebody else going through a worse situation than me. And then, like my family, um, they're from Belize, and that my grandmother moved to like Queens in the sixties, nineteen sixty around that time and then my mother was born and then the family you know was started out there so well my mom was like the first born in america like out of my grandmother's kids mm. so kind of like i'm her only child so it's like it's been hella pressure since i was a child so whether i was gonna do music or be an accountant or whatever it was just pressure on to do something to be something to succeed in something so I can help my family out because mm. most of my family is still in Belize. Right. So it's like going home and then seeing that is like it's an eye opener and it just just showed me where I was at. I'm more self-aware for sure. So, yeah, really my family and just my faith. Right. Okay. What would you say was your first big breakthrough? What would you say was the turning point where it's like, you were discovered, even though you've been on the grind for years, even though you've been putting in the work, what was that turning point? Um, I guess when I met Cardi, um, like the Woke Up Like This song and Magnolia, but me and Nudie had Atlanta like on lock, like chokehold, like just, and still, like Atlanta shows me love tremendously, like it's crazy because I never really walked out of the studio to see the love. Like still to this day, I haven't really spent a week in Atlanta of just doing things or just going out and seeing the love that we get out there. But I see it on my phone when Nudie has a show or Savage has a show, it's crazy. It's like, hmm. <laughs> hard works pays off, like, okay, I get it. But now it's time to be outside and see it all but um yeah my big breakthrough was 
meeting Cardi that got me like mainstream for sure. But like in Atlanta, like me and Nudie was going crazy with the Slime Ball series. Like, like even Drake was tuned in to like the song Nudie and Savage did. It's called EA on Slime Ball Two. So like that was like right before I met Cardi. So it was like kind of like I don't know. I don't want to say like. Yeah, Cardi got me mainstream as hell, but Nudie, me and Nudie, we was locked in going crazy. Like, we we started a whole wave in Atlanta itself to the point where everybody was rapping like Nudie. And then now everybody makes beats like me. It's crazy. You know, you know what's crazy as well is that, you know, when 50 Cent was coming through, you know, people were saying that he was taking the Southern accent, Southern drawl and everything else. But you you've basically you you define that sound. Like your your sound is synonymous with Atlanta. It's yeah. it's 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 this era. You yeah. define the sound for a whole generation generations, you know. Yeah. It's crazy the turnaround. Yeah, it's crazy to to talk about it now and like really speak on it, because I don't really speak on it. I just be like, eh, okay. But yeah, it's time to like own it and really like, you know. Yeah, we did that shit, and we still doing it. Anything I make, they're just going to copy and try to emulate, get inspired by it. So I'm happy with the role and position I'm in now. Before it was like, do they like it? Now it's like, we can literally put a beat out, and it don't got no sounds in it, and they'll still like it if they hear the tag first. <laughs> like, we've worked so hard to where they respect it that much, mm-hmm. to where it's like, Oh, like as soon as they hear it. And then it's nothing. It's like, I'm not finished yet. Like, let me, you know. But yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy in this with the seat that I'm in, for sure. I mean, you, you and Carti definitely, you know, you, you've, it's crazy because it's like you both come through together. Like, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, I, I, I don't want to be predictable and talk about Magnolia. Obviously, that, that was a smash yeah. and, you know, it does this thing worldwide. But it's, it's, there's definitely something with you two when you come together. You, you, it's just um, greatness, you know. But from your from your own perspective as a producer and as a fan of hip hop, what would you say it is that makes Carti different to other rappers? Because he's 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 evolved as well recently. He's he's in a different space now. But like, yeah, what is it that you would say that makes him unique? Oh no. I, he he would have to, I don't know. He would have to, I guess, explain explain that or be more de- uh have more details to that. I don't really know. Cardi's just Cardi. Cardi's Cardi's him. Like just like how everybody be trying to figure out how do I do this and that, this, that, and the third. It's just it's in us. I don't know. We just paired up at a good time. Like, we're very similar as far as like personalities. I mean, when I'm when I was when I'm around him and stuff like that's like my little brother for real. So, but when I first met him, it was like it was too much in common. Like our first our gut, like our first names are Jordan, so just weird at first. But it was like like not a bad weird, but like a cool like. Weird, like, because it's like you just met someone, and it's like, why is this so cool? Like, why is this, like, so perfect? It's like, nah, 
Like the whole time I'm just like, nah, this can't this can't be real. <laughs> and then the Magnolia came out and it, it went crazy. I'm like, nah. And then we would shot the video and I'm just like, nah. Then the weekend had us come out in the Barclay Center. I'm like, nah. <laughs> like it just it just keeps getting crazy and crazy. I was just like, nah, this cannot be life. Like this is crazy because when I met him, I did not expect any of that to like transpire. So like both our lives changed. Like I just didn't know his life was changing at the same time. I thought it was already like that. I was like, come into a new situation. But after a while, I had to realize, like, yeah, both our lives changed when we met each other, for sure. Like, yeah. I got to ask, right, again, I'm taking it back a couple of years, you know, woke up like this. Yo, I'm just trying to trace the DNA of the greatness. Like, just how did that come together? Because I'm just saying, I'm on the receiving end as a DJ. I play that in a club Yo. or on my radio show. I, I just want to know how it came about. I wasn't even there. That's how I met him. Like I seen a video or something. I seen a video on YouTube, not a YouTube, or Instagram. It had like 100K views. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, and how does he have my beat? So like the people that were showing it to me, I had gave them the beat because I thought they was, like they was affiliated with like, with Yachty and the sailing team back in the day. So I was assuming you know, we give this beat to the member of the sailing team with Yachty. He'll give the beats to Yachty. And I get to the studio and they're like, damn, Cardi got your beats. I'm like, when was y'all like, <laughs> like, when was y'all gonna tell me this? And then they showed me the video. Yeah, 100K views. I was just like, hmm, it's crazy. Me and Nudie get 100K on YouTube with no video. It just be the audio, just a cover art. Like, bro, lit. I just didn't know what was going on. I still right. didn't know. But it was like, a, if you ever seen an Instagram video of him in the car playing Woke Up Like This, like before it came out. Yeah, man, I was just like, whoa. And then when I heard it in the studio, Uzi was on it too. So I was just like, damn, that's crazy. But yeah, I wasn't even there. Yeah, I wasn't even there. Crazy. That's crazy. I made that beat though, like, it's like a New Year's resolution. Like, I just want to make 10 beats a day every day until something good happens because like before that happened a couple things happened like i had link metro booming and we worked for a little bit i met south side i met a lot of people in 808 mafia like through working with nudie and stuff mm. so like we was like we was making some noise for real so i was like let me just keep working though don't mm. slack even though i met these people just mm. keep cooking up somebody gonna reach out and mm. want this so I guess I was just ready for the moment because I wasn't even there. I wish I was there, though. <laughs> that's, that's a fascinating resolution, um, you know, 10 beats a day. Mm -hmm. Before that, was there ever any doubt? Was there ever any, like, second guessing, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right path for me? Like, is Man, this not to cut you off, but, man, if anybody has could, like, sit here right now and, they have met me whether I was five, eight, 10, 13, 17, 20, 23. I always wanted to do this, bro. I swear. Like everybody's like, even if I reconnect with somebody that hasn't seen me in years, like my cousin in Chicago, 
I brought him to my the festival I did with Lyric Lemonade, I think last weekend. And we reconnected at like a, a his father recently passed, and my uncle, he's on my album. Um, uh, we had worked on music together. So um, we had reconnected and stuff. And um, I was trying to tell him like, yeah, you know, I do music. And I still don't even think he knows his dad is on the song with me. But he's like still getting, realizing like, oh, I've been listening to you the whole time. Like, cause he said that like, I got it on video somewhere, and he's like, "Man, so you Playboy Playboy Cardi, man, that's you made them beats, man, that's crazy. I've been listening to you the whole time. That man, that's crazy. I was like, I tried to tell you when we was in New York. I tried to tell you, just prepare yourself because you might be like, what the fuck. And then I performed on this stage at the festival. So he, that's the first time he's seen that and me since i was a child but when i was a child i was rapping in the house yeah. so he's just like yeah you was yeah, you was doing it when we was kids but damn it's crazy wow. <laughs> so like anybody though like oh and one of my friends like he he used to get be in and out of trouble as a, as a kid so like we would always be like in and out of touch so when i reconnected with him like a couple years back he knew me for rapping right. so when he was like wait you yo pierre he was like, bro, what happened? Like, <laughs> like what? Like he was disappointed. Right. And I was like, see, that's how I know you're like my best friend because you really know what I wanted to do. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> he was like, bro, what the fuck happened? Like, how are you a producer? Like, what? <laughs> like, what? I was like, bro, we got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man, since I was a child, bro, I always felt like this was going to happen. And my grandmother used to say like crazy stuff to me, like, I don't know, like little riddles and stuff. Like she'll call me and be like, don't fail. Don't fail me. Like, what is she talking about? (laughs) Like she didn't know I was trying to go to Atlanta and do the music and like sleeping on the floor damn near so when she called me i'm like yeah everything's fine i'm literally lying on the floor like <laughs> literally like yeah everything's fine grandma please get off the phone i'm struggling down here let me get back to work and she's like yeah don't fail me and i'm like all right it's even more pressure but okay <laughs> yeah as an artist as a producer you, you put your DNA in the track. You mm-hmm. put, you put there's a, a piece of your soul goes into what you do when you're creating. How how's, how's it feel when all of a sudden a folder of beats is turning up somewhere where you didn't want it to go or didn't expect it, or someone jumps on a track that wasn't made for them? Like honestly, I had to just get over like like I I'm honestly. I don't be getting mad at stuff no more. Like everybody be assuming, like, oh yeah, if he's probably mad or he's he's pissed off with me, but no, I really just be in my own little world. Like, like that's why the beats sound the way they sound. That's why my music sound the way it sound. It's not part of what's going on. I mean, now it is because people copy it so much. So it's like, damn, do I have to change it? But I still like feel like, you know. Everything I'm putting out is me. So when people hear it, it's like, oh, the more they, the more I put out more music, the more they understand and comprehend, the more I perform and really showcase my my abilities and stuff. It's like, okay, he's really like a jack of all trades. Like not just 
I'm like a hobby. It's not a hobby. You know, I'm trying to be the best at everything. So it's not just like, oh, I'm gonna be number seven. Like, no, I'm trying to be number one. So in beats, artists, I mean, cause the beats now, cause I'm put in that category. But I didn't give like when they asked me to talk about the top producers and all that stuff. I hate it, cause it's like it's kind of disrespectful to all the producers that's mm -hmm. out there. Cause it's like you're only putting like five options and there's so many dope producers so many producers that actually collab on one beat that's the hit that people don't know about mm. and they assume it's just that one guy so it's like you gotta show love to all of them just like the djs so it's like i kind of don't want to like when people be like yeah what's your top five or your top mm. ten it's like i don't want i don't want to do that mm. i don't do that just show love to everybody because there's so many people you're gonna forget about they're gonna be mad at me <laughs> I don't want to go through that anymore. Like, yeah, because at the I, end of the day, yeah. it's like I didn't ask to do that. I was asked mm. to do that. You know, I hate award shows and I hate lists because. Oh whoa whoa whoa! I ain't gonna say I hate award shows. <laughs> and I ain't ever right, gonna DJ go Sensex back. Sensex. I love the Moon Man, the Grammy. Yeah, oh, yeah, we won. We got a Grammy this year, though. Yeah. yeah. All right. We, the only reason why I'm saying that is because. This year is going to be a problem. There's a lot of great projects out this year. Oh, no, nah, for sure. But that's why it's competition, man. They told me as a child, social Darwinism, that's one thing that stuck with me. Survival of the fittest. It is what it is. It just is what it is. And that's, it might sound cruel, might sound vague or whatever, but it's the hard truth. And it's something that I have to keep learning myself. Like, if I sit at the house and don't do nothing, Everybody's going to continue living their life, continue working, continue succeeding, continue doing whatever they want to do. So it's like, do I want to be a part of the the wave? Do I want to start a new wave? It's like I, I, I be at the house just thinking, like, I need to be outside more. So that's my goal. I've been, like, I'm on tour all year. That's, that's dope. <laughs> like, no, for real, no. as soon as the world opened back up, I was like, yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Because COVID was like, uh, like. I was already doing that social distancing mm. at the house, just never really leaving. Who beats? Just I was been I've been doing that from a couple years before COVID. So it's like when COVID, it was like oh fuck, I yeah. gotta do this every day for real now. Like <laughs> damn, that was by choice, <laughs> you know, for real. So I already knew the routine. It just drove me crazy. So now the world's open back up, vaccinated. You know, everyone's being safe wearing a mask. I got mine right in my pocket. Don't get it. Yeah, I got my mask. Yeah. Don't forget. I'm in <laughs> London. I got to be safe. But, yeah, man, I'm just happy to be working and doing what I really wanted to do since I was a kid. I always wanted to have the mic in my hand, singing my song. They sing the words back, and I can pause, and they finish the word. Like, stuff like that. Oh, man, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing, bro, for real. That's dope. I mean... It took a minute for US artists to get mm -hmm. the need to tour as well. Like, you know, and I think one of the first groups that got it immediately and Destiny's Child, like they oh, yeah. straight away, like they, I think there's at one point they were bigger here than what they were in America. That's but crazy. Shout out to Matthew Knowles. Um, I used to do all the street team stuff for them back for then. For real? They, they were back and forth like That's crazy. every other month. They just come over like straight, wow, man. you know salute man for yeah. real and then it's crazy bro like what 
Oh my god, that's crazy. I'm just thinking about like when I was a kid and they was out and like yeah, that, that hard. That hard. <laughs> yeah. And then and then but one of the first one of the first rap hacks to really take it seriously over here was, was Kanye. Mm. He was he was back and forth here all the time. He For loved real? it. Yeah, he that's loved crazy. it. He he cool. when he started doing his things out here, more people started coming over. You could see the difference. More people started paying attention to what what happens out here and what we do out here. Okay. Um, you know, and, and recently he was at Alt First, he was at a festival, you know, we've seen the pandemic, the last 18 months to two years has been shut down. Like, how did it feel to be out here, like on a stage like that? Um, To be honest, I kind of liked my show last year. I ain't gonna lie. The show last year was just like, but it wasn't a festival, it was like my own, right. my own venue, like my own show, like just me. So, like, everyone that came there, you know, they literally came there to mm. see me. With festivals, it's kind of hard to, like, dictate the crowd unless, like, your music is, like, like top 40, top 20, top 10, whatever, whatever the numbers is. I don't care about that. But I'm noticing, like, you know, I ain't tripping on being on the main stage unless it's, like, I'm going super crazy because that's what I want. Like, I seen, like, DMX do, like, Woodstock, like, on video. Mm. Like, the recap footage, I watched stuff like that. And the whole crowd, like, the whole shit, the whole crowd was singing the words. And I've seen Drake perform in arenas. I went on tour with him in 2017. And, like, that's big bro. So, like, he showed me what it's like. So it was like, I'm just chasing and working my ass off till I get to that point. So I don't really be phased on like yesterday. Like I left right after, like, you know, mm -hmm. I wasn't really like trying to like linger. I just went, I left, went straight to the studio. Like that's how I am. I think, I think Kanye told me like when I was around him, I was trying to tell him about something and I guess he just wasn't trying to hear that shit. So he's like, you know, you keep talking about the same thing, you know, you drive yourself crazy, you end up in the hospital or something like you like you just you drive yourself insane. Like you gotta focus on the next thing. And I was just like, all I wanted was some advice. Like, but I like I I I'm just keep keep it must keep it moving. And that's just how I've been. I just I really took that in and it was just like, say less. And shit, he a billionaire, you know what I'm saying? So that's inspiring. Working with him and all that stuff. So you know, just being able to work with these people and call them like my big brothers and stuff, mm -hmm. like, you know, and they really show me, you know, certain things to look out for just because they see that I'm trying to not necessarily do what they do, but I have, I'm a like where they're like, like in a lot of ways. So it's like, they're not going to be like, here's the game, but they'll definitely be like, come around and see how it is because one day it'll be like this for you. I know that's not a, that's not exactly what they're telling me, but no one else is being able to see this and be a sponge. So it's like, do I take this and and you know learn from this and like evolve, or do I just go home and watch TV and act like I didn't see none of that shit? So like even the stem player, the mm, the, the crazy, I've been new about that. Right, I've been telling my friends about that. You know I can't really do that in interviews like until mm. it's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I seen it, I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. I told y'all. <laughs> All my friends called me like, bro, you was right. I've been telling them about that for like two years. Like, yeah. Cause we was trying to do that thing, like the Jesus is King album. 
we had a meeting. Like I was around him, Kanye. Like, he showed me how to like, what's next for me. So it's like I'm I'm cool. I'm happy. We did the Alt London, but mm. you know when it's really a show for me, when mm. everyone shows up, we go nuts. Like we go crazy. So that's what I look forward to. I just gotta keep working, get my music going more, get more popular out here, globally. That way, when I do these festivals, it's like it's a bigger deal. So um, that was my first main stage too. Oh, for real? Yeah, I ain't know how to. It's like a catwalk. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like, what the hell? What is this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I gotta walk. I gotta run up and down this shit. Like, I was, yo. I was like, then I only got 30 minutes. I'm like, really? You give someone an hour with this one. That way I can really get familiar with this. Because I'm like, damn, by the time I'm finishing up, I'm going to figure it out. And that happened. I did For You and 40 Clip. That was the songs I finished with. And that was like, I really, I started feeling really good about it. But I was like, damn, I got to go. Switching lanes is dope. Yes. I love that joint. Thank you. When, when you get your PLS statements and you see a spike in the UK, that's me. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Just, just thank you. Facts, right? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's one of my favorites, too, for real. But but how would you feel, though, if someone loads it into the stem player and they start taking it apart, deconstructing it? I mean, I don't know how they're going to do that. But, um, I mean, it's sampling, right? So if you sample something, you better call us or we'll just <laughs> sue your ass. You know what I'm saying I got good lawyers. We lawyered <laughs> up. Shout out to Interscope, <laughs> Sauce House. You know, shout out to my lawyer, man. It's like my best friend. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. So for real, <laughs> yo, like, you know, what, 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 what's next? Because you know, you're touring. Is yo, just, just keep coming back to the UK. Just keep building your fans out here, like. It's one of the most loyal fan bases out here. Like we, we got a real thirst for rap. Man, know? I I love coming out here. London, Leeds, Manchester. Like I I hit all them spots last year, and every every show was really a good turnout. It surprised me doing a Europe tour last year in general. It was like, okay, that was my first tour by myself in general, like ever. Like just nobody with me, just me and my friends. So to do it. In, in Europe and then see the result like I was like yeah I, I definitely need to do it back home in America but I'm not even tripping on America I could just hit Europe again like I don't I don't gotta do America like mm. there's so many people that don't come out here mm. so I'm like seeing how everyone appreciates it more mm. like they they're more they're more like in tune at the show they're just like eyes glued sometimes they don't even want to jump they're just yeah. like studying like wow and I had to realize that because at first I'm like, what is up with them out here? And someone was telling me like, no, it's just like we never see stuff mm. like this. So it's like you kind of don't want to do too much. You like want to pay attention. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because back home they just ah, just go crazy <laughs> and just and it's over. And they're like, damn, it's over. And it's like, yeah, you should have been paying attention while you were doing that. But it makes sense. Yeah, mm. I love, I love, I love, I love coming out here. Yeah. Is is there any any artist or is there any sounds or anything that you paid attention attention to out here or is there anything that, that you're feeling like UK vibe? Um, before I even traveled out here, I don't know if people still make music like that. I'm not familiar with the culture out here yet. I think this was my longest stay in London, maybe five or six days. But I had to quarantine. My first day out was yesterday. Really? Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. I didn't do nothing for five days. Just watch TV. Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> I got season five, so I was just watching that over and over and over again. Right. But, um, damn, what was, what was I saying? But, uh, what was it? What might be? Yeah. Up? Is there any UK artist that's called it was, your ear? It was, a, I guess it's genre called, uh, like, UK Garage. Music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I used to listen to that on YouTube a lot. I just like the way it sounds, the way right. it make me feel. But it's like coming out here. It's like I don't see that. You yeah. know, like outside, like yeah. like the beats and stuff. It just sounds so like happy, mm. and like, and then you look outside. It's like eh, it's gloomy as hell outside. <laughs> Pretty muggy, overcast. Yeah, and everyone's like, yeah, it's a typical day in London. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, that music though, you would think it's like it must be like the club scene. I haven't really seen that part, right. so I'm pretty sure that's where the music is like really going off at yeah. the club. But yeah, I really like the way the UK garage music sounds. Um, I sampled it before, like on an old song on my SoundCloud. I think it's called Loud Pack. It's an old song, like old, right. but yeah, all right, like, yeah. And then and then like you. If you come to the clubs in the UK, you know, when everything when everything's open up properly and we're back in swing, you're going to hear, you'll still hear, we, we call it UKG, like UK Garage. But okay. Bet. It's, that was an error. saying it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> UKG. That was the early noughties. Then now the main thing that's popping is UK Drill. That's. Like, oh, no, nah, for sure. Yeah. You know, the drill. Yeah. Me, I'm not really a drill guy. Mm. You know. My artist Shark, he he was making drill music when I first met him. I told him cut that shit out. I was like, look, I make these beats over here, bro. So, and this was like woke up like this, right? Magnolia. So right. I'm like, bro, I'm not about to, yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. like, mm. but he yeah. was he was he was on to some shit, man. He be telling me that now, like, bro, I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you. I'm like, yeah, he definitely did. So yeah. like on Drunk and Nasty, I put a little bit in there for right. like his verse. If anyone notices it, like I kind of like I like the drill stuff, but it's like I don't like all of it, right? Because after a while, it starts to sound uh, sound the same, right? So it's like, damn, like who is this? It sounds like the same thing as the last yeah. song. Like when it starts doing that, it's like, all right, I'm, over, I'm over, mm. I can't do it. But mm. everyone else, you know, they love it. Like Pop Smoke came out, my best friend was playing it. I'm like. Yo, how many times are we gonna listen to this song? And then he blew up. No, this is before he blew up. Right. Then he blew up, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is the same song we was listening to all summer." I'm like, "Damn! If I would have known that, I would have asked him who was his name in the car, and then I would have <laughs> pulled up on him. We worked on some music because I was like, you know, my friend. I'm just thinking he playing one of his homies in the car. He was right. just a fan of him that much that right. it sounded like he was playing his homie. That like it wasn't his homie. He didn't know him. Right. He didn't know him at all. Wow. He was wow. just playing it so much before he before he was like really yeah. really big. Yeah. And then he blew up so fast. I was just like, wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, rest in peace, Pop Smoke, man. Yeah, rest he, in peace, bro. Yo, he 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 was loved out here, and that was the last time I was yeah. here yeah. when he passed. I had an interview, and in the middle of the interview, the DJ just looked sad as fuck. Yeah, and I'm just like, "You good?" And they were like they didn't want to tell me, and they told me I was just like, "Damn." Yeah, really ruined the whole, like the whole day. Like, yeah, rest in peace, bro. Yeah.
I would have loved to work with Pop Smoke. I know that shit would have sounded crazy. Yeah. We would have set New York on fire for sure. Yeah. But I look forward to working with, um, you know, more artists from New York in the future right. for sure. Okay. Okay. What's your take on Kanye West album? Need you drop the Thunder Giant? Um, you know, I had that shit on my phone, like, not the same version, but I had it on my phone since like Christmas. Or maybe before Christmas. Like before right before Christmas. That was the last time I worked with him. Right. The last time I've been around. You know, I just been chasing my own thing. I don't really care anymore. Like as far as like being around. Like I seen enough. Mm. I don't gotta continue like we got the Grammy. Mm. Like it's time to do this shit myself. So yeah. So it sounds like I heard it. Sound like what it sound. Everybody gonna eat it up. It's Kanye, you know. They gonna do it, do what it do. He's selling out arenas without even dropping it at first. Like Kanye's Kanye, bro. So <laughs> I don't be shocked. Like I've really been around this yeah. man. He's a genius. He yeah. know what he gonna do strategically before he do it. Mm. So when he do it, and everybody's like, "Wow," he's like, "I know." Like <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like he already he knowing. That yeah. what is gonna happen. So that just taught me, you know, to strategize, plan, and execute and really just do that shit. So that's my goal. And we did a tour in the US. We sold out every date and we they put it together so fast, maybe like in seven days. Seven days, a week. They put together the tour, sold out, and then that just showed everyone back home, like, oh, Pierre's ready. So well, look, listen, it's, it's dope to connect with you. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you for having taking me. the time out. And like, yo, let's do this, like, like, keep in touch. Like, yeah, every, for sure. Minimum every year, let's do this. Like, yeah, I would love up. to. I'll, I'll, man, I will be back. Y'all got some good food out here. The <laughs> studio was a good vibe last night, so I could stay focused out here. Just really just keep me, you know, well-knit. I like this. I like, I like London, man. Yeah. 